Hello and welcome to Worlds of Tomorrow, the podcast where we look at futures now past. I'm Jet Wong. And I'm Devin Kelly. But I'm uh, pretty sure your name isn't Jet. Uh, what do you mean? Well, I mean, your name isn't Jet at all. <laughs> well, maybe not here in meat space, but when I'm jacked into the Matrix, everyone sees my MCPC is none other than Jet Wong. Jet's the one dodging lethal black ice and hauling in sweet pay data. Jet, Jeremy... None of that is true. Well, maybe not, but maybe someday. Well, that's what we're here to talk about, right? The some days long past? Oh, that's right. On the World of Tomorrow podcast, we talk about science fiction set in futures now long gone. For example, there was no Mayan apocalypse in 2012. There's no need to escape from L.A. or New York. I mean, but those imagined futures are interesting, entertaining, and fun to vamp about. (laughs) True that. So this is our first episode. Let's take up as little time as possible on introductions. Uh, We're from Cleveland. We're both big nerds. Uh, What's your geek specialty? Uh, Oh, I mean movies and then uh, manga. Cool stuff. I'm a big uh, RPG guy, so I'm a big fan of Shadowrun, and I think we'll complement each other pretty nicely. I hope so. We've, you know, known each other for so long. Absolutely. Now, what's your deepest fear? Because um, mine is that my lack of ambition will lead me down a path of wasted potential, culminating with me looking back at my life husked out like an ear of corn. Uh, falling off a cliff. <laughs> oh, that's a bad one, too. <laughs> uh, this week, we've got two friends here. Um, they might never show up again, but we've got... Hi, I'm Sean Kelly. And we got... Robbie Pazzatello. Two Cleveland friends who are generously loaning us their space. Uh, So, Deb, what did we watch this week? We uh, watched The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, uh, The Running Man, uh, what do you know about this movie, Dev? Well, I mean, it's, well, I mean, it's technically set in 2017. Well, let's talk about the context, my dude. Do you know when it came out? No. Well, that was Paul Glazer. Are you familiar with who that is? No. Well, Paul Glazer is probably best known for playing Starsky of Starsky and Hutch fame. Oh, really? Absolutely. So he had many, many, many years of television experience. And they had swapped at the last second. Originally, the director was going to be one Andrew Davis. He's a bit more of an auteur director. Um, What does that mean for for the audience? Auteur? Uh, Kind of like artsy-fartsy. Yeah, absolutely. His vision was apparently markedly different. But uh, Davis got his time in the sun. He went on to direct a whole bunch of movies, probably most notably The Running Man. I'm sorry, shit. Probably most notably, The Fugitive with Harrison Ford, for which he won like three or four Oscars. So, made it away. He made it. Yeah, he, he, he got. He ran away from this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, uh, they love it, Bob. Right, we'll cut that. So, um, Paul Glazer, uh, his direction was criticized a little bit. Uh, first of all, the movie. Did you think it was pretty static? A lot of the camera shots are kind of boring. Well, yeah. Most of it is actually pretty static, and they don't really uh, let you dive in. It feels like you don't get submerged. Right. I can only think of one dynamic camera shot, and that was in the crazy speed tube thing. But that's all right. Uh, oh, you mean when he's like going into the running? Absolutely. Yeah. However, it was praised for a couple of reasons. The one thing that comes to mind more than anything else, apparently it got the feeling of what it was like to be behind the scenes in an 80s TV studio dead on. Really? Uh, speaking of dead, uh, we should probably go over a really brief plot summary. and Really brief. So the year is 2017, mm-hmm. and the world uh, has collapsed, and the United States is divided into big economic sectors. Right, and then uh, we're, we're introduced to our captain, our savior. Do you remember what his name was? No. <laughs> Does anybody remember what his name was? 
quick look at look at the DVD uh, ben cover. Richards. Ben Richards. Ben Richards. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, because he's the massacre. Or right. Ba- Bakerfield massacre. Absolutely. Uh, Benny Dick of the. <laughs> <laughs> Benny Dick. So Benny Dick is in a helicopter and he's told to fire on civilians and he doesn't do it. And then he gets hit in the face by a guy who I think was Richter from Commando. Does that sound right? No way. I looked like him. Well, I mean, I think I might have been Jesse Rick, the Body Rick, Ventura. Rick Commando, though. I'm, there's so many shorts in shorts in your <laughs> movies. Richter's Total Recall. Well, the party, Richter. that's true. Well, he got punched by somebody, and then he ends up in a prison camp. It looks very Fallout New Vegas. He has a really shitty beard. He does have a very bad-looking beard. It's, it's terrible. It's a bad beard. He try, there's, a, there's explosive collars with probably the most fake like head explosion effect I've ever seen. I don't know. I thought that was actually pretty cool. It was pretty cool. E- even though the one guy, there's only one security guard left, and he's just mangling on the computer. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Watching the guy's head explode. It was quite a good explosion. They escape. They, uh, they get their collars off, they get recaptured, uh, they get put on the Running Man TV show. Now, did you recognize the guy who was playing um, Mr. Running Man himself, uh, Mr. Uh, Killian Damon, or is it Damon Killian? It's Damon Killian. The world's most evil name. I, w- I would like to state that, like, th- really? Like, they couldn't think that one through? <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> is there a more evil name? Demon Kill. Yeah. Demon Kill. What's the kid's name from Omen? Damien. Damien. Wayne? I have a, I have one name that's more evil than Damon Killian. Hmm. Rutger Hauer. What? Rutger Hauer, the actor. Why? Does that not sound like a man who kills people for fun? No, that just sounds like a foreigner. Rutger Hauer? Oh, Jesus. All right, whatever. <laughs> Look, man, he's done a lot of perfect roles, and Hobo with a Shotgun <laughs> is one of them. <laughs> that's true. So, uh, so he was played by Richard Dawson, who's probably most notable for doing, he did Match Game. Right. Uh, Damien Clickin runs the Running Man show, which apparently keeps people pacified. Uh, I think it's it, – it, maybe we're not going to jump in right away. But here's here's my thing about that. Everyone seems to love him in this show, even though it's the worst show ever. This doesn't seem like a good show. It's straight about killing people. Yeah. And I feel like when they reacted to um, – Schwarzenegger's character Ben killing all those people fake killing all those people in the city and then they're like well it's okay if you know he goes into a prison like scenario and gets killed by our guys right right I think that was the whole point of the movie yeah I know I guess but I agree it was a little weird so they go in and there was like some plot with the resistance do you remember it off the top of your head it was like there was a control tower the resistance wanted to prove that the the show was fake. And why 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 did that help them? I don't remember. It because was, it was going to shoot prove that the man um, had control over everybody. It was desensitizing them to violence. Oh yeah, there was some like yeah. control tower hidden in the ruins of L.A. or something. Right. Well, I think they were also trying to show that like the man the just manipulates. Yeah, that's show. right. Right. So um, Schwarzenegger's two buddies get killed off. There is a. <laughs> we didn't even mention his Hispanic counterpart, who is just ridiculously over the top. Yeah, and she's not even that good. Like, she freezes up every time she's on camera, and it's just kind of like an uncomfortable feeling watching her And they fall in love because it's a movie from, was it 1984? Yep. Well, I mean, he's a a macho man. Yeah, he's a man. How could you not? Macho Man Randy Savage and Schwarzenegger never actually have the awesome over-the-top fight we were hoping for, but that's okay. Well, I think they just didn't want to disappoint, like, the the wrestling fans by having Randy Savage lose. (laughs) That's true, yeah. It wasn't wasn't Randy Savage. It was, um, what am I saying? Um, The big man, Michael Fast. Bender. What's his name? Michael uh, Fassbender is Hunter a German. I was Hunter the Damn Giant. Hulk Hogan. This, um, Jesse Ventura. Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> anyway, so in the end, they, they have a big commando raid. They kill all the guards. They kill Damon Killian, and everyone cheers. That's the end of the movie. Is it, though?
Well, let's talk about the, the actual stuff, and we'll edit out as much of that as I can. First, okay. we should talk about what they got wrong. Okay. So, first of all, it's 2017 and all the dust. Yeah. I mean, all our resources are apparently gone. Uh, food shortages are uh, abundant, and uh, people are just rioting in the streets because they need food. Yeah. And the only place to work is apparently a Blade Runner-esque slumland. Or... Alternatively, what appears to be the Mojave Desert and like a bunch of rubble. Or a TV network. Or a TV network. Those are the only three employers. <laughs> the government is completely fascist, and I think that in this one they have guys with the most ridiculous, dumb looking gas masks just patrolling the streets. It doesn't even look like an actual gas mask because I don't really see any filters. <laughs> no, in no it's just like a T. You might as well be wearing like a bandana. Yeah, right. Uh, they have explosive collars. I did a little, little research, those don't exist yet. Um, I mean, they also have these weird satellite fences that make the collars explode. That was a little strange, although I did do a little research, and sonic fences are used around the world, usually for animal control. Well, uh, yeah, but, like, to detonate Right, they don't, thing, they don't cause people's heads to explode. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I, I, I get that they, they, like, for dogs, the invisible oh, fence, like, obviously. plays something in their head, but it doesn't go and kill them. Oh. Can it? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody really knows. Yeah. Um, so they don't use their right assault rifles. Clearly, they're using the M16A2 and the MTAR-21, neither of which are still in service with the American governmental organizations. Jeez. Easy mistake. Jesus, man. Uh, computers um, have the most awesome displays. Yeah, but they're all really fake-looking. I mean, we should also comment about the jobs, right? That one job, the only job available to Schwarzenegger in the work camp, is appears to just be endlessly welding and like soldering stuff together. Well, I mean, he's straight up like lifting a whole iron like girder thing girder yeah. by himself. I mean, we brought back U.S. Steel. I guess we did it. <laughs> We got proud U.S. In, Steel. In L.A.? Come on. Yeah, apparently in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, something that tickled my fancy about the wrong was that all passwords are six digits long. Yeah. And why is a dash considered part of it? <laughs> the hyphen is... Yeah. That's right. The hyphen is part of it. Um, Los Angeles requires zone passes and just has a whole bunch of skyscrapers. Yeah. No traffic, though. No way. Wait. I didn't see a single car in that movie. No. I, I mean, we definitely Except saw cars. Limo. Because what Buzzsaw was in a car when he came. Like, oh, when okay. He first well, you got up. me there. That's yeah. fair. And then he picks up a motorcycle. Yeah, they didn't use drops. Destroyed cars. Too. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there were plenty of classic. On that implied highway bridge. Too. Yeah, on the, on the stock footage bridge. <laughs> stock footage uh, uh, tunnel. Now, how big was this Running Man show? I mean, Four hundred city blocks, my man. How did you even find that out? Well, they said it during the movie. Did they? I don't remember. That seems like a tremendously large area. That's huge. That's like all of Cleveland. A city block? Well, nobody knows how big a city block is. People have tried to measure it, but nobody actually knows. Uh, well, it's like from street to street. <laughs> it's implied. It's That's implied. Like, what's the block? Well, well, 30 seconds of Googling told this doesn't give me a satisfactory answer, so we're going to pretend that nobody knows. Also, they mentioned the 1995 big one, the big earthquake that devastated Los Angeles. Wait, really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why else would Coca-Cola be $6 a bottle? It's about four twenty-five here. So. <laughs> uh, and finally, the last thing that really comes to mind, aside from all the other ridiculous media stuff, nobody knows who old TV shows are. Yeah. Well, I mean, I... <laughs> working in film. <laughs> well, he says uh, he makes a reference to Gilligan's Island and the implication that nobody knows who Gilligan is. Now, wait. Hold on. And perhaps more troublingly... The nameless resistance leader, played by a man who I'm sure is an Academy Award winner, might be John Hurt, I don't know, <laughs> uh, mentions Mr. Spock. No one knows who Mr. Spock is. 
To, well, but so here's the thing that we have to look at what they got wrong. So the timeline is all fucked up, right? Yeah. How many of those network shows did go like air? I mean, granted, well, like, I would watch Climbing for Dollars because we live in a horrifying <laughs> dystopian hellscape. <laughs> climbing for Dollars just appears to be there's too many dogs. Yeah. First off, <laughs> there's a clip of a man climbing a bri- a, a rope ladder, and there's just money everywhere, and there's just a bunch of wild dogs like feasting on his ankles, but, and, but, and but that's it. it. But it, that's it, the whole it's show. It's like a French art film. <laughs> Actually, honestly, sometimes it feels like an art film the way it's shot. You think so? Yeah, just like how they're like trying to show off. Like, okay, so it's like very propaganda y, where they're trying to like show off like the propaganda interlude between like each like prominent scene. This is true. Because like every time. Oh, like Robocop. Yeah, like Robocop. Like, I'll buy that for a dollar. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like every once in a while they just throw in a scene that's like really doesn't have anything to do with like the actual plot, but it, it, it like is world filler. That's fair. That's fair. So we should talk about what they got right. I think that they this got the one, internet right. I, I mean, he ordered a ticket. Oh, that's right. Early on when he's hanging out with uh, his... Um, his fake girlfriend. Uh, Maria Alonso's character. Um, was it... Martinez or Amber Mendez? Amber Mendez. Mendez, yeah. Yeah, Amber Mendez's character, the songwriter and singer, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah she was like a tunes person. Yeah, a jingle person, yeah. which we don't have anymore. Another mistake on their part. Well, I mean. Name one jingle. Jingle all the way. <laughs> oh, well, you got me. Uh, yeah, she was. Um, she was. They're trying to fly to Hawaii, and they just used some sort of network thing. It's straight up like. An old computer. He just goes to a website Expedia, and buys a ticket. Yeah, he went to ticket. Expedia and printed them out. Yeah, but uh, they, <laughs> that's about it. They got you on the board on the on the boarding fees though all the time. Well, I mean, yeah, you scan your ID and you just have to pay. That's true. Yeah. Well, uh, so there was. So what did they get right? Uh, well, they also got. Uh, uh, so this only recently came out, but uh, the way she walks into the apartment and just starts turning on all of the electronics with her voice. Amazon. I didn't even notice that. That's Smart interesting. Home. Yeah. Smart homes. Smart That's homes. interesting. It just recently came into being. I mean, like the last two years, I'd say. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Do you think that they were actually predicting that, or was that just sort of a side effect of all the technology? I think that's a side effect. I honestly don't think they were like, oh, this is definitely going to happen in the future. It was just kind of like, that's something cool that could probably happen. And guess what? 30 years later, it did. So let me just read to you the <laughs> one, more, one more line, and this is the opening crawl. By 2017, the world economy has collapsed. Food, natural resources, and oil are in short supply. A police state divided into paramilitary zones rules with an iron hand. So you you mentioned fake news when we were getting ready to do this. Yeah. Something about a simulated body, a simulated Jesse the Body Ventura, if I recall. <laughs> yeah, well, Jesse Ventura himself. He, I mean, he is the American hero in that movie. And he's not real, also. He's a hologram and has been since the early 80s, so... The real Jesse? Well, the real Jesse. <laughs> she, he's like Hannah Montana, you see. No, 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 no. He's real. Uh, I don't think so. This movie makes it clear that Captain Freedom is not is a character no, he plays. fuck you, man. He's real. All right, whatever you say. <laughs> so talk, tell, tell me about the fake news thing we discussed in this movie. Well, I mean, they are constantly, like, altering the news within the, like... Okay, so uh, a good a good one is like maybe thirty minutes in, where they're talking about how they they got Ben, they captured him at the airport, and how he came into the airport like guns blazing and killed someone, and how his hostage got away, and then uh, he ran onto the air track 
even though he was, you know, already... Well, that did actually happen. That part happened. That part happened, but the way that they, like, modded the story was just like, no, that didn't happen. And then they were showing, like, footage. I don't know if those were the actual... Like, I didn't have enough time to go back, rewind it, and check if those were the actual people that were... Right, the movie moves fast. Yeah, but, like... Every time I was, I, I, I think about that, I'm like, oh, well, I mean, like, you could easily say anything like that. Sure, like, absolutely. No, no, everyone's just going to believe it because it's the news that's reporting it. And, right. I mean, he's a criminal, so Absolutely. I think that they get that feeling down, right, especially. Yeah. Although there is, a, there is something that I think that no, that no company or piece of media ever predicted, and that was fake news in the way that uh, we have. We're just a low-quality site run by a bunch of Grecians or Ukrainians and just... <laughs> Put some slapdash fake fake news site up Greece. with a bunch of with a bunch of dead links and a single title about Hillary Clinton like killing a man with her bare hands gets thousands of clicks and that's it. I, I feel like they didn't predict the low qualityness because it looks to me like they spend a lot of time and money modifying the news in this movie. Well, yeah, no, they definitely did. I mean, straight up, like one of the stories when he actually they like edited. To show that he did kill all those people in Bakersfield, you could tell, like, was completely edited. Right, and the thing that bothered me the most, I don't know if you caught this, is that all of their, quote, all of their videos that were surveillance videos were just footage of the movie they'd caught earlier, so there were, like, 13 different cameras and constantly shifting oh, and angles. Like, stock footage where they're like, oh, let's have this car flip over and burst into yeah. flames. It's like, oh, well, I'm, yeah. that could have been from any movie. I would watch live leaks all the time if it just involved lots of stock footage, for sure. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So I think the movie's main theme, though, more so than the awesome cyberpunk explosions or the fact that there's a guy named Dynamo who has a appears to be a castrati and has a high-pitched singing voice and dies in a small pool of water. And that's the, the, the way that... also the weakest, I might add. Oh, for sure. Like, like Never bet on little, Dynamo. Little bitch. <laughs> yeah, always bet on the guy who just is a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. Was it Pyro? It was probably Fireball. Fireball, yeah. Because yeah. it was Buzzsaw, Buzz Dynamo, and Fireball, Fireball, and Captain Freedom. And Captain Freedom. Mm-hmm. Well, the one who unites them can all. Can we also talk about how that's freaking Mega Man? It was basically a it's Mega Man game. It's just a Mega Man game, and it's all it's leading up to Damien Killian. All they were missing was if the, he got their powers as he killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> basically, that'd be great. I assume the chainsaw. <laughs> I found this flamethrower. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, have this be- I have this beautiful <laughs> singing voice now. <laughs> so, and that was the way that violence and the media interact. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that bothered me is that this, okay, so it makes sense in the Hunger Games. In the Hunger Games franchise, the main purpose of the games isn't so much to, for pure entertainment. It's to show all these districts that they're powerless in the face of the central government. But in this, it appears to be the opposite. And as opposed to it being like a method of control, it's just straight entertainment. And I guess that keeps people just totally satisfied. Well, I think I think that what they're trying to do is like some – a lot of communications looks into this. But uh, I'm not going to start quoting things because I definitely will misquote. But it looks into the idea of uh, uh, cultivation theory where like people are cultivated to like things um, over time if they consume it um, from like one general like source so the idea is like if I only watched Fox News or MSNBC like if I watched Fox News I'd become more uh, conservative and only Fox News I would basically think that's my reality 
Um, and MSNBC is like, oh, you know, it's a little bit more liberal, so that would be uh, my reality if I was sure. liberal. But the idea is that, like, it's hard for people to actually do that because you're usually getting sources from everywhere. Interesting. So it's like, in this movie, they're trying to make it seem like, this is the only source. This is right. all that happens. You'll never get information from anywhere else. That makes sense within the setting where there's a totalitarian government and only one channel, simply called the network. Right. Channel Zero, yeah. as we call it. The, the crappy gas masks people are, like, making sure that you <laughs> Don't change that channel. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. No Mexican TV. No, 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 no. No Canadian TV. <laughs> nice try. No Netflix for you, young man. <laughs> so that is an interesting point, though. I, I do wonder if they had known about, you know, the way that media diversifies in the 21st century if they would have changed it. A lot of the messages are a lot pretty overt, but they're within the show. Like, right. for example, what you mentioned earlier. It's okay to kill this guy in a ridiculously brutal fashion with a man named Buzzsaw, a guy who's basically made of chainsaws. Right. The him killing him, that's an act of heroism, whereas his killing civilians is unacceptable. And in fact, uh, uh, Mr. Dick, what's what's Richard, what was his name? Richard, ben Richards. Ben Richards? Yeah, Benny Richards. Dick's uh, killing of... Uh, ben Dick's. Ben Dick's, thank you. Ben Dick's <laughs> killing of uh, a, a chainsaw boy early on. That was seen as a tragedy, and the whole crowd goes quiet. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's also weird because, like, I don't, I don't want to like draw too much to current, com- like, like. No, we should. It's twenty seventeen. Okay, fine. But like, the idea in in the movie is like uber America, and it's like overly American. And I'm not saying that's like exactly where we are, but like sometimes people are like, "Oh yeah, America, man," and you're just kind of like, "Well, okay," like you don't have to react too nationalist yeah. to it. They got that core feel. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, I'll be honest, um, I was cheering the whole movie because the violence is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I have been, as you say, I've been conditioned to love that. Well, I mean, yeah. It's 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 fun to watch violence for Americans, at least. True that. And I think that they got that right. Absolutely. Right on the head. So, uh, Jeremy, uh, like, what research did you do? What, did, what do people at the time think? What some television programmers, movie producers, and rap video impresarios should have on their collective conscience is their readiness to pick up the worst the streets have to offer and feed it back with all the force of up-to-date special effects and unending and easily accessible supply to children and teenagers who are already at risk. This is known as relevance. So, Jack Valenti, president of the MPAA, uh, poses a chip allowing parents to block certain television shows because, uh, <clears throat> and I quote, that is not making individual judgmental decisions. How lucky we are to have responsible moguls like Mr. Valenti, who not only determine the, the proper levels of media sex and media violence that our children are exposed to, but also remind us how deluded we are to believe that we deserve any choice in the matter at all, or even that we can make such judgments in the first place. Fewer than 5% of all violent programs featured an anti-violence message. In other words, almost all TV violence is glamorized or celebrated in the storyline. So, uh, did you like this movie, Devin? Um, yes. Actually, I did. I love most of these action thriller movies that Arnold's in. Um, it's very fun. It's over the top, definitely, in a lot of ways, um, acting yeah. for some of these people, and then also the theme is yeah. just like, eh, I don't know if that could happen, but you know, it's inter- interesting to think about. 
I sometimes wonder what would have happened if they had not gotten Gleason, if they had gotten the original director instead, and made it more of a darker, slow-paced auteur movie. Yeah, I feel like it would have been like more of a, a, a solemn movie. Yeah. Like very, like, more... Maybe... Would Arnold still have been in it, do you think? Arnold would have been in it, but um, I could see it being a much more of a darker and grittier film. Do you think it would have been better? I don't know. This one was pretty damn good. For the subject... Yeah, it's hard to say. For the uh, content, I think this yeah. execution fits better. I don't know. It's hard to say, but the, I, I like it a lot. Did you have any favorite bits? I have two. No, why don't you go? We should find uh, we should find like a fun term to refer to these uh, favorite bits. The bits, little bits, little bits, bits. Like, like humanize it. They're like uh, Jay's bits or Jay's you know, bits, Jetty's, Jetty Jet, Jay's bits, Jet streams. Like my so, favorite little stream. <laughs> so my favorite was uh, Schwarzenegger did actually drop one of his famous lines when he says, I'll be back. To which Killian responds, uh, only in a rerun, kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was really only good. Only in a rerun, kid. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, and uh, I also liked how they were booing Schwarzenegger's character, Mr. Dick, the whole time. Because, you know, oh, it's Ben Richards, just the criminal. And then they rip off his clothes, and he's got like a gold spandex outfit. And they just burst into applause. I don't understand <laughs> that. Like, they're, they're very entertained by it. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, thank God, some gold spandex, finally! <laughs> Woo! He's going to die in that. <laughs> yeah, nice. I don't know. It was, it was weird. Did you have any favorite bits? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't really... I don't think I had any direct favorite bits in this movie because I think they like all of it was pretty good, but like there was nothing that really came out. Yeah, for me. yeah, the whole movie's got a lot of fun to it. Yeah, but it's just kind of like a, a a constant ride, right? Uh, so uh, what are we doing next week, Dev? Uh, well, we're going uh, to do another Schwarzenegger film, The Sixth Day. That one's about uh, one's about clones, right? It's about God. Sixth Day, get it? Like one, no. two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> Those are just numbers. Seven, All I remember from this movie is seeing the last 30 minutes as a kid, and I remember a really, really messed up clone. And well, I mean, would, yeah, he's, he's the main bad guy, and then he falls. I guess I'll have to watch and find out. It's great. You'll love it. All right. This has been the Worlds of Tomorrow podcast, where we look at futures now past. Uh, if you like the show, go ahead and rate us and uh, subscribe and, on iTunes and... Or really don't. Uh, maybe just share this post on Facebook because you probably just heard about it from me. Uh, I've been Jet. I'm uh, Devin. And uh, fuck, we gotta come up with a good exit, a good exit line. See you tomorrow, but not too late. I don't know. See you yesterday. Fuck, these don't even make sense. The future may be tomorrow, but we'll see you again soon. I don't know. See fuck. You fuck. Yesterday, but I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, thanks for listening today. We'll see you tomorrow or next week or a month. <laughs>